The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, in the hit shows The Bachelorette and then The Bachelor, Sean Lowe held strong to his Christian values and soon became America's favorite bachelor. And as the weeks progressed, uh, Catherine and I started to develop this relationship and, and there towards the end, I just had a piece that, you know, I, I knew that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life without her. Looking for the right reasons, Sean found love, proving that nice guys can finish first. Coming to your home, I'm James Robertson. Betty and I welcome you. We've got uh, a very special person, Sean Lowe, the Bachelor, the Bachelorette, both shows. How in the world does he get on both of them? <laughs> How does he get on both of them when he seems to do everything wrong according to today's world? In fact, he did everything right according to God's way. And he became kind of someone that you perhaps were curious about or intrigued by, but maybe captivated by. I think it was obvious girls were. A lot of them here tonight are, and rightly so. They should be. But Sean has quite a story, and he became a witness on two of the most highly visible primetime television programs that were not wired or geared towards someone being a light and a witness for the greatest person who ever lived the carpenter of Nazareth, Jesus Christ. I want you to welcome the one who wrote the book, For the Right Reasons, America's Favorite Bachelor on Faith, Love, Marriage, and Why Nice Guys Finish First. Would you welcome Sean Lowe to life today? <laughs> Sean, good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. You don't live far away, right? You live. Uh, I live in by. Dallas. Yeah, yeah short drive. We <laughs> live between Dallas and Fort Worth. You know what used to be country? It's called Colleyville South Lake. <laughs> it's not so country anymore. <laughs> it's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing thing. What God's done with you is amazing. Uh, you went to uh, Kansas State and played football. Played at Lamar and Irving. Yes, sir. In high school, and went to Kansas State linebacker. You look like you still play. You said you had some <laughs> concussions. And uh, that'll explain to all of you how it is that he was so foolish on television talking about that. <laughs> Concussions got him. All right, tell me what in the world uh, happened in your life for you to end up with all this visibility, doing something that became natural to you. It was probably really, you look at it now, it must have been supernatural, but what happened with it was supernatural. Tell me a little bit about the journey. I mean, your, your life or how you got to the point that you... You know, you're sitting around here and the world's watching and, you know, you're reading the Bible. Well, I, I never intended on doing any TV, much less reality TV. Uh, I just, I wasn't that type of guy. I, 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 don't, I don't like attention. I didn't, never thought I would do something like that. And, and uh, I'm entrepreneurial and me and a couple partners, we started this business. We had high hopes and long story short, the business went south and it was, it was hard. We had some investors' money tied up into it and... They lost their money and I lost some of my money and it was very difficult for me. And so after that, I said, I got to get into something safe and secure. I can't do any more of this risk. And, 
And the family business is insurance. My dad does insurance, my grandfather did it, my brother-in-law does it. So I had always kind of rebelled against it because I didn't like the idea of sitting behind a desk working nine to five. <laughs> but I get into insurance anyway, and from the beginning, I, I can't stand it. Just like I thought I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I did not like it. And I used to pray every day. I would say, God, you know my heart's desires, and you know this isn't necessarily what I want to do, but if you want me to be here, I'll be here. But you know I want to do something bigger and outside the box. Mm -hmm. And uh, little did I know that my sister would sign me up for The Bachelorette, <laughs> and the casting director calls me, and she says, we received your what information. What was her sales pitch, yeah. by well, the way? Well, she, she calls me, and, and, and <laughs> my sister didn't tell me she signed me up. Oh. And, and she says, you know, hi, my name is, is so-and-so from The Bachelorette. I want to talk to you about your application you submitted. <laughs> I said, I didn't submit an application. And it didn't take me long to figure out my sister was behind it. And I, I told her, she was very sweet, but I told her, I said, you know, thank you for calling, but I, I have no intentions of doing this. And she said, well, why don't Did you Did she send a picture or something? My <laughs> sister sent a picture, yeah. yes. And uh, she said, why don't you think it over? At the very least, it could be a good way to travel the world and you might meet some some great friends along the way <laughs> and so I go to work the next day back at the insurance job and I thought you know a free vacation sounds pretty good <laughs> compared to this anything's good <laughs> so I, I called her back later that week and I said okay what do I need to do and I had to submit a couple more videos of myself and the next thing you know I was on the bachelorette mm -hmm. okay what happened there <laughs> Well, The Bachelorette, there's, there's 25 guys, and there's only one girl, and you're competing for that girl. And, of course, I went on the show just for a free vacation. And, and, and it, it was great. It, it was great. When you're not spending time with the girl, you're hanging out with the guys. And I, I made a lot of good friends, and, you know, we're barbecuing and, and throwing the football, hanging out by the pool. It was a wonderful vacation. And, and uh, long story short, I, I started to develop feelings for the girl as the weeks went on, and uh, I thought that, Maybe God put me on this show to introduce me to her. Yeah. This is how my life is going to turn sure. out. And, uh, towards the end, she didn't see it that way. She, <laughs> she let me go. And, um, you know, I was, I was You're left. You're just a failure, you know? You yeah. Just... <laughs> I, I was. And, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure why God put me on such a strange show uh, as The Bachelorette. And, uh. About a month after being home in Dallas, after she let me go, the producers of the show called and they said, how would you feel about being The Bachelor? <laughs> and I told them, I said, the first one didn't go as planned. <laughs> I'm not sure about, about being The Bachelor. And they said, well, why don't you think it over? And so I told them, I said, I'll, I'll call you at the end of the week. And, and I called well, my why, parents. Why did they even call you? I mean, why, why were they attracted to you? What, what led them to come back to you? Some of the <laughs> things they saw you do in the first one? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think, I think America started to fall for me on The Bachelorette, a good portion of America anyway, that rooted for me and they thought I was going to Because you up... were the nice guy you're talking sure, about? Sure, sure, I, I was. I was the <laughs> nice guy and, and, and the other two remaining guys there at the end, I, they were probably more of the bad boy type and, <laughs> and I think a lot of people kind of latched on to the nice guy and they yeah. were sad to, to see me go there at the end. And so they gave you another shot? They gave me another shot. And a whole bevy to choose from. <laughs> that's, that's right. How, how did your parents feel about you doing this? You know, it's, it's funny. Going into The Bachelorette, of course, all of this is brand new to us. Uh, my mom was a little skeptical, only and, and rightly so, because you never know how someone's going to be portrayed on TV. Yeah. My dad's more of the, the train of thought, you know, 
you only live once, give it a try. <laughs> Anything's better than insurance. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after, after the, the Bachelorette started to air on television, my mom was able to see that the real me was being shown on TV and it was a good thing. And people were, were able to see Jesus through me on TV. And so uh, I called them after the producers asked me to be The Bachelor. And I thought that maybe they would say, you know, the first trip was fun and maybe you should pass on the second one. And, and this time, both of them, they said, you know, we feel like God has opened this door for you and you owe it to yourself to walk through it. And, I see it as a miracle. Yeah. And so oh, I, really? I, I called the producers back and I said, let's, let's do it. Okay, what happened on that? Well, right, now you got, you got to do the looking and the choosing and you got to walk this thing out. That's right. You have 25 women and just one, one of me, which is... Did you think you were in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> it was very overwhelming at times. Um, and, and a lot of it was fun. A lot of it was stressful. Especially being the only guy, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't have another guy to at least talk to and bounce ideas off of, but uh, I, I went through the process and we're, we're traveling the world as, as we go through this thing and having a lot of fun, but at the same time, I'm starting to think seriously, could I see myself with her? Could I see myself with her? And, and there towards the end... Were they any of them making it clear they wished you would see yourself with them? <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> 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 I imagine they were all over the, the world sort of thinking that too, you know. And really and truly, I honestly believe, I think in, in every girl's heart, number one, you, you want to be the queen. You want to be the greatest thing in a guy's life. And I think every girl, every little girl, you know, our, our little girls and our six granddaughters, watch me, look, see me. They want to look pretty. They want to feel pretty. They want to be desired, know they are desirable, and they want to be loved in a way that they feel safe, in a way they want a, both a father-type figure, someone they respect, look up to, admire, but no really, really cares about them. And I think they don't want it to be like some scatterbrained, irresponsible, self-absorbed individual, which is what we see far too much of. And God knows, boy, we need a miracle in the lives of men. And see what a lot of them saw in you. So they had every right reason to be attracted to what they saw. Tell us more about the journey. Well, as, as time goes on, you know, every week the girls get fewer and fewer. I've got to send them home. And, and as the weeks progressed, uh, Catherine and I started to develop this relationship. And, and there towards the end, I just had a piece that, you know, I, I knew that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life without her. Uh, she was just really infectious. Her personality and who was her home? Her spirit, uh, was Seattle, she? Washington. So you can imagine moving from Seattle to Dallas is a tremendous change for her. Um, and and then at the very end, I felt confident enough in our relationship, and I knew that I didn't want to spend my life without her. That I got down was on she one knee. And, this that she, could she tell this was coming, or did you surprise her at all? There was a bit of surprise, and the producers made it clear to me. They said, you cannot give it away. You know, I, I couldn't tell her secretly off camera, hey, I, you're the one for me. They, they want that element of surprise. They want to capture it on TV. And so there at the end, when I get down on one so knee. So was it really a surprise to her? I mean, uh, you, sure, you managed sure. to keep it, okay. There, there were only two girls, and of course, she, she thought she stood a pretty good chance, but there was still 
Was the other girl pretty attractive to you too? When I hurt your feelings, honey. But was she still? Was she still? Was she still pulling too a little bit? Oh yeah. I mean she. I mean she was a she was a great girl, and and uh, I definitely had developed some sort of feelings for her. I just sure. wasn't in love with her like I was right. with with Catherine. And did both of them like you? Yes. It's <laughs> safe to say yes. <laughs> And we'll say a little prayer for you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I get down on one knee and I propose, and uh, 14 months later, we, we get married on, on live TV. Well, you know, the thing that I think is so beautiful here is that he, she not only fell in love with you, but she saw something in you that was deeper than just Sean. There was a spiritual dimension. She grew up with, with a Catholic heritage. And I want to say this. I mean, I think most of you know Old James went to Rome and got the first papal high-five in history. You know that, right? <laughs> I mean, that's fact. You say, why did you go? Because I love Catholics. And I believe Catholics want to love and know Jesus and love one another and be a light. And I know this Pope wants that, so we prayed together. Well, your, your Catherine was a Catholic is their heritage. And yet she saw something in you so significant to her that she wanted to be immersed in that love and although she had been, you know, I was christened. I was christened Episcopalian. Betty was baptized mm -hmm. Baptist. I told the Pope this. He thought it was pretty cool. I'm christened. She's baptized. And I said, neither one of us knew the Lord. <laughs> we didn't know the Lord, sir. And uh, I got born again. And she got born again. And she had been a Baptist. Came out of the choir and gave her life to Christ. We had this nice session. I started telling him how I think a lot of Catholics don't know the Lord. And he starts agreeing with me. He starts preaching about how Catholics need to know Christ, be born again, even priests, he said. Everybody needs an encounter with Christ. I said, that deserves a high five. He gave me one. <laughs> now, here's the deal. She saw something in you so real that she actually, your father actually baptized her, right? What happened? Right. What happened? Yeah, well, actually, she'll tell you, uh, my family came to Thailand at the end of the show, and that's where I ended up proposing to Catherine. And she saw my family, my mom, my dad, my sister and my brother-in-law, and she said, I want that. And she could see Christ's love in our family. And she said, bigger oh, than religion. Big, much bigger than religion. And, and she said, I want that. And so shortly after the show, um, she had to go back to Seattle and I had to go back to Dallas. And until the show was done airing, we couldn't be together. And so she started going to a, a, um, a non-denominational church up there in Seattle, and she was seeking answers. And it wasn't long after that where she gave her life over to Christ. Amen. Don't you love the testimony? You want to just say thanks, Sean, for sharing it and being a witness, and thank God for his testimony. Listen, for all the right reasons, I would say anybody, boy or girl, man or woman, wanting to strengthen your relationship, his story, it's, it's a very great American story. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a dream story. Uh, it's a fairy tale come true. But it's so much greater than that. It's reality. This is real reality. Uh, not make-believe, not extreme, but just this reality with, with God. Get the book. As a matter of fact, I would just say to you, you just help us give some people fresh, clean water. We'll send you the book if you'd like to have it, along with Betty's book, Free to Be Me, which is such an incredible journey and a devotion where she takes you through some of the healing process after losing a daughter, which we did. Toughest thing we've ever been through. Here's what I want to do, Sean. I, I, wanna, I feel like I, I want to pray with people who are watching. I feel like there are young ladies watching, the women, there's some of you who are married and things are not exactly right. You say, gosh, I wish my husband had, well, husband, you can't make him that way. Listen, sweetheart, you can't change your husband. That's what God has to do. You might ask him to watch this show and sir, listen to me. Listen, dad, husband, let the father show you how to be father. Let the one who knows how to love show you. God, I never had a father. The father's 
teaching me still, but I want to be a good pupil. Let me just pray for you girls. Let me pray for you guys. Father, I pray for every girl that has a longing in her heart for real love, for real meaning, for relationship that's special and precious, lasting and meaningful and joyful. Well, you can take the challenges together in the the strength and power and confidence that love gives and the peace that passes us. normal understanding. It's so supernatural. God, heal broken hearts and give girls conviction to seek the truth and give boys and men the biblical courage and strength to be real men of God, to sell out to you in Jesus' name and be witnesses. If you want someone to pray with you, the phone number there is there. Give you an opportunity to call and say, I just gave my life to Christ or I want to commit my life to God. Pray with me. They'll agree with you. Would you say thanks again to Sean for being such a blessing? Sean, one of the things that, that, that our viewers have done with us, literally, is try to put God's arms around a hurting world. And I think you could sense even while I'm talking to girls or women or families, I want, I want God to take them in his arms. I want him to heal their hurts. But listen to me. There's a perfect healing and cure for some hurts. One of them is clean water where they only have contaminated, disease-ridden water. I want you to look at this, and you're going to see some mothers who really have a heart cry and a prayer. And I promise you this. I promise you. You can be the perfect answer to their prayer right now. Is there anything more miraculous, more precious than God's gift of children? Remarkable and sometimes confusing little versions of ourselves, yet so incredibly unique. We plan, sacrifice, stress, and pray over our decisions, over their decisions, all that we want for them and the legacy we hope to leave. There's a breath of immortality in those generations that follow us, but that all assumes those generations don't end with us. In Cambodia, what we encountered floored us. Mother after mother, who because of something as basic as water, had lost child after child contaminated water, filled with disease, their only source. In the villages we visited, it became harder to find mothers who had not lost a child to contaminated water than it was to find one who had. Our children are supposed to outlive us. These mothers have lost more children than the average American has even brought into this world. Of all the things we as parents might struggle to provide for our children, 
it's unlikely that clean water is ever one of them. Why should it be any different for these mothers? I feel like that you've, I feel like you've heard a still small voice. I, I think you've heard it clearly. Would you give clean water in Jesus' name? Betty, when I see the loss and I know that it can be immediately corrected by love, I, I can't even imagine every person watching not saying at least let me have a part. James, I can't even imagine the heartache of a mother that knows that the water she's given her babies could possibly kill them. But what can she do? They have to have water. They're thirsty. And day by day, every day, she goes and offers that water to her children, knowing that she might lose one more child or more than that. I hope you will join with us and let's drill the water wells because this is a solution that can save lives. If you will be a part of it, you will be so blessed as you give and share your heart of love with these children. You know, it's hard to imagine that anyone wouldn't have something as basic as, as clean water. And you know, even here in the States, people are buying a lot of water in bottles because they perceive that it might be a little bit more pure than even what's coming out of our tap, out of the faucet. Uh, we're almost fanatical for clean water. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, these, these children and their families have never had it. And you give them water because you have to have water to live a day, the next day, the next, or die suddenly. But giving them the water, for many of them, they die slowly and painfully. But we can correct it. So here, here's what we do at, at life. And when I say we, Betty and I give a well every time we drill. And to be honest with you, we normally give more than a well. Because we ask God, we made it a major focus. Show us how we can do it. We have found so many people said, we began to pray. Do you realize that we have children? We have children, some that are not even five or six years old, that drill a well. You say, how'd they do it? They started talking to everybody they knew. Some of them got permission to talk to their whole church and said, would you please help us drill a well? And they would drill a well. The point I'm making is that when it gets on your heart, when, when it really gets on your heart, you can do it. So I want you, if you can drill a well, to drill a well, they're $4,800. Or if you can give a portion of a well, 1,200, three join you, we've got a well, 2,400, one person join you, we've got a well. That's great. And we pray you can do it. I pray you make it a go. But most people can't do that. And, and don't be apologetic. The majority of the resources to drill the wells come from gifts of $48. That gives 10 people, if you break it out, 10 people water the rest of their life. Could you make a $48 gift? $144, three times that, 30 people. We have gifts we want to send you to bless you. We're sending it to say thank you. You're not giving to get a gift. We're giving to you because we love you and want to bless you, give you the water of life. Give them water for life and tell them about the water of life. Show them first. Would you dial the number right now? And I think you want to. I almost feel like I wish you wanted to run to the phone. But you dial the number, take your bank card, use it like a check, or you can go online, lifetoday.org, use that card and make the gift now. If you, if you do want to mail it in, make the check to life. Make it to life and then call us and tell us, I'm sending this in because we need to know. 
We've targeted more than 12 countries, 500 wells. That's the goal this year. Do what you can, would you? Thank you for doing it. I don't want any more mothers to say, I lost one. I lost three. I want them to be able to say in a few years, I didn't lose my babies. I didn't lose my children. And we're going to tell them about the love of God that prompted the gift you made. And they will believe because they have seen it. Thanks for making that call. Thanks for going online. Thanks for your gift. Every day, millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the brand new Free To Be Me 40-Day Devotional where Betty shares the challenges, victories, and insights God gave her while struggling through fear and insecurity. You'll also receive Betty's book, Free To Be Me. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request Life's Inspirational Coffee Mug Set, featuring encouraging quotes and scripture to brighten your mornings for years to come. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. From the depth of our heart, we say thank you. And to every girl that wishes you could meet a Sean, you just have no idea. And I just told the audience here, how much uh, I want there to be a whole lot of Sean's. Why don't you be one? Every one of you young guys, uh, not only be the nice guy, how about be in love with God guy? If you'd like to have the book, you help us give water, we just say thank you and send it to you. Or you can get it Amazon, in the bookstores, online, and I think you'll be glad you did. How about saying thanks to Sean again? Thank you. Thank, thank you for being here. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Thanks for helping us. Tell your friends to watch Life Today. They might meet a Sean. Thank you.
If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, come be a part of the Life Today studio audience. Call or email today to reserve your tickets. You'll be inspired and entertained. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.